Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me is a nice young man from India, Harshit Tiwari. He's a student of international corporate law and accountancy. He also writes columns in local publications. He speaks on pro-Hindu and pro-Christian issues and is also a Red Ice supporter. We're going to cover a lot, including the Kashmir situation, Hindus versus Muslims, how conservative India is, as well as his view on mass immigration into the West and the outsourcing of American jobs. Speaking of mass immigration, though, if colonialism was so evil, why go to the country of those evil colonizers for more opportunity? We'll also talk about Indian women who come to the West and become raging anti-white feminists. But later we'll also get into the swastikas found all over India, so don't miss it. (laughs) Welcome to the program all the way from India. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Lana. First off, let me start by thanking you for giving me this wonderful opportunity of being here and presenting an Indian perspective of things to you. Yeah, I appreciate it, definitely. Uh, Well, actually, you guys have started this alt-media revolution quite a few years ago, and we really appreciate this because the whole of mainstream media has been hijacked by the leftists. So it's really great to have someone speak up for the voiceless. Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Now, how did you first find Red Ice? Well, actually, it was like a couple of years ago, I was scrolling down some YouTube videos about India, and I found a Western commentator... Uh, uh, he made a video, I forgot his name, actually his channel has been suspended, Ah. I forgot his name, Uh, he uploaded a video about Kashmir and your video was in the recommendation of his video. Oh nice, well. And that's natural for YouTube to suspend the conservative content creators, you know. (laughs) Exactly, and of course, you know, what they're doing is, I'm surprised we came up recommended because a lot of the times they're trying to stop us from coming up recommended now and they just delete all kinds of videos. Well, that was two years ago. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, that was two years ago. Now, would you say, you know, looking in, you're, you're aware of what's going on in America and the West and liberalism. We're going to get into all kinds of, of fun conversations here today. But would you say India is more conservative? Because I was there years ago as a teenager, and I would say back then, definitely, it was more conservative. Oh, yes. Ever since Prime Minister Modi has came to power in 2014, India is naturally conservative. We have been conservative ever since the beginning of our history. But ever since Mr. Modi came to power, we have been the hardest of conservatives. You see, earlier we had this leftist government of the Congress party. Now we are much more of conservatives, you can say. And that's what the Western media hates about us. Yeah, def- definitely. I hear all kinds of garbage about India all the time. And I know I know what's up there. They're more <laughs> traditional. So, But would you say is liberalism feminism, racism, open borders, is all that kind of garbage, progressive garbage making its way into Indian culture at all in the schools or entertainment? Well, it has made its way into India quite to a certain extent. But uh, thankfully that we exercised our vote in 2014 and elected a conservative leader, it has stopped to a certain extent as well. You see, the most of the Bollywood celebrities earlier they were liberal, but now they are forced to make movies about conservatism, nationalism, and uh, masculinity. So that's the benefit of having a conservative government. And the people of India, they are mostly conservative as well. 
So you can see that we don't buy that anymore. And that's what these lefties hate about us. Yeah, we often hear how India, we get a lot of propaganda on this side, that India is one of the you know most diverse places in the world, a country of a billion people. Yet when I was in India, I didn't see any, it wasn't a racial oh, yeah. melting pot. I, di- I didn't see that, you know. It wasn't the extremes of like a Sweden and an African. There is different ethnicities and religions, yeah. but they seem pretty similar to me genetically. Now, what can you tell us about multicultural in India? Well, India is pretty much multicultural and I would say the most multicultural country on this planet because you see, we have more than 600 languages, 2000 dialects and we have more than 1.3 billion people living on this landmass. We have people from 8 to 9 different religions living here peacefully. So you can call it, we are pretty much multicultural. Okay, and then how how is it working out there? Because there is, you know, tension between, obviously we'll get into that, the Muslims and the Hindus. There's two main ethnic groups, though, that are, are the majority, oh, right? Yeah. Isn't the, uh, is it the Punjabi group that is the, the biggest ethnic group? No, that's actually, see, this is the ignorance what the Western media has portrayed to the rest of the world. Punjab is actually one of the smallest states in India. Ah, okay. We have 30 states. Yeah, we have 30 states, 3-0. And Punjab is one of the smallest states in India. And Punjab, there's another Punjab in Pakistan. And it is the largest state in Pakistan. Okay. So most of the Punjabis that you, you will see are from Pakistan. The Punjabis in India are Sikhs. They don't live in Pakistan. Sikhs live along with Hindus in India. Uh, Pakistan was basically created in 1947 when the British left. Yeah. And it was the founder of Pakistan, Muhammad Ali Jinnah, who believed in a two-nation theory. He believed that Hindus and Muslims should not live in one land. They have to be divided. Yeah. That's why he demanded Pakistan from the British when they signed the Treaty of Our Independence. Yeah. Now, you gave a little bit of a back history there. Now, we should talk about the Kashmir situation. I talked a little bit about this on our Flashback oh, yeah. Friday episode, and I know that you watched. The world is screaming. Yeah. You can give us more backstory on this, but it's just funny because the world is screaming now uh, genocide, right? The thought of Hindus, Indian Hindus moving into Kashmir, which is a, a Muslim majority. But genetically, you guys aren't that far off, right? I mean, it's pretty similar, oh, yeah. similar people. But now the world is crying genocide, right? But then when it happens uh, to Europeans, for instance, let's say millions of Pakistani, <laughs> they go to uh, London and then they just take over neighborhoods. It's diversity, right? Now, tell us what, oh, yeah. what the Indian view is on the Kashmir situation? Well, to understand this Kashmir uh, fiasco, I'll say this Kashmir fiasco, you'll have to go back to history because otherwise that will be that will be silly. So this Kashmir situation dates back all the way to 1930. When the British left in 1947, Kashmir was an independent state. You see, let me tell you the history of India. India was broken up in 565 pieces, 565 different states and the British left it in tatters. What we had to do was unite all these states and make this massive country that we call India today. So Kashmir was this uh, this state which had a Hindu ruler and a Muslim majority, Muslim population. And that's what Pakistan wanted. They wanted Kashmir to be their part and we wanted it to be our part. In 1947, the British left and we were pretty good with everything. Kashmir was an independent state. No one questioned anything. Kashmir was happy, India was happy. But in 1948, Pakistani army, along with the Afghanistani army, they attacked Kashmir. And the Kashmiri king, he tried to fight off the Pakistanis, but he was unable to. So he asked the government of India for help. And the government of India asked the Kashmiri ruler 
the he was maharaja hari singh they asked maharaja hari singh to sign an instrument of accession that was the precondition of india lending help to kashmir which uh, which stated that uh, for return of india's military assistance kashmir would be a part of india an integral part of india and the king signed it kashmir was essentially a part of india during the kashmir pakistan war then the indian army stepped in and drove away the pakistanis and that's what irritates the pakistani till this date that how come we have been driven off kashmir and kashmir is now a part of india and they went to the united nations and they say yes this is illegal india annex kashmir by force but that's not the case it's, it is their propaganda which they are going on spreading in the western media and unfortunately the media is helping them oh yeah and the west is eating it up they're all blaming india here it's like they don't know any of the backstory of what's happened and what's there let alone what it's like probably for hindus to deal with some of these muslims i think that we should get into that situation because we know what happens when a you know generally oh, yeah. what, what we see when the muslim majority takes over town things aren't always so peaceful are they so tell us about the situation between hindus and muslims you, see, you and- can Before I tell you about that, let me tell you something more about Kashmir, which has happened recently and which is the cause of this major tension in Pakistan and India, which has flared up since last month. So, in on August fifth, later uh, last month, the government of India actually revoked Article three seventy. It was an article in the Constitution of India which gave a specific autonomy to Kashmir, and uh, that stated that Kashmir would have its own separate flag, its separate constitution. it's separate legislature but now what the government of india has done is that they have told that kashmir is an integral part of india and there can be no two flags in one country there cannot be two different constitutions in one country kashmir will have to follow the constitution of india and kashmir will have to adopt the flag of india so now the kashmiri flag has been rendered null and void and the kashmiri constitution has been rendered null and void so this is what eating of pakistan they wanted kashmir to be autonomous so that they could stake claim on our land on kashmir basically and now india has basically uh, resolved this issue once and for all now what do you think's going to happen going forward i mean do you, do you think that this is the the right course of action well actually prime minister modi he got reelected again this year so in uh, in may this year he made a poll promise to the people of india when he was campaigning for his election he said that once he gets comes back to power within 100 days he will strike down article 370 and make kashmir truly a part of india in true sense and that's what he did he told the world beforehand that he will do it yeah. so what's surprising is pakistan is saying that oh government of india has done this all of a sudden out yeah. of nowhere yeah. but prime minister modi had told this before elections that once he comes to power he will do this within 100 days and he did it in 90 days and what i see going forward is more terrorist attacks from pakistan you see there's this major problem of militancy in kashmir mm-hmm. pakistan sponsored terrorists they snoop inside kashmir they infiltrate into our territory and they bomb our people they attack our people and our army is forced to retaliate to pakistan and that's where things started go, start going up on the escalation ladder pakistan retaliates india retaliates and this keeps going on and on 
Well, obviously, you guys do need separate territories because it doesn't work living together, though, right? <laughs> right? But the, yeah, the we point don't have is, friendly neighbors. No, you don't have friendly neighbors, but the point is, you, you know, India wants their land back. Right? They, they want what, what's theirs, I guess. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, how would this be resolved? Because as nationalists, I mean, I do feel that people do need their own separate territories, but it's different when it's on, like, stolen land, for instance, like Israel's taking land away from the Palestinians who have been there forever. I mean, that's a, that's a different story. Uh, how, how do you think... Uh, well, that's actually a different story. And this yeah. Pakistani angle, yes, let me tell you, Israel and Palestine are a different issue altogether. And what these Pakistanis are doing uh, is they are trying to hyphenate these two issues and equating Palestine with Kashmir, yeah. when that is actually not the case. Yeah. Palestine and Israel are different issues and uh, Palestine uh, actually has legal claim to that land, but Kashmir actually belongs to India. So Pakistan is basically hyphenating these two things and playing victim here. But in fact, Pakistan is the aggressor. Well, what I don't understand is why doesn't Pakistan open their arms to diversity and multiculturalism? Why don't they let in their Indian Hindu brothers? <laughs> What's the problem? Because they tell us, the Pakistani prime minister That's tells Europe that, that we need to do that, right? We need to welcome in Pakistanis who want to come to Europe, right? Uh, let me tell you, Lana, the biggest hypocrite on this planet is the Pakistani prime minister. <laughs> you see what he has done to minorities in his country. In 1947, Pakistan had 20% Hindus. Today, there are only 2% Hindus. In 1947, Pakistan had 10% Christians. Today, there's less than 1% Christian. Can you believe that? Wow. And Pakistan had 70% Muslims. Now, they are 95%. How did that happen? Yeah. In contrast, compare that to India. We are the polar opposite of it. In India, we had 90% Hindus at the time of independence. To today, Hindus in India make up 80% of the population. Hmm. Christians were 1%, today they are 3%. Muslims were 9%, today they are 15%. Yeah. So in India, where the Hindu population has declined significantly and Muslims and Christians, their population has increased. But in Pakistan, Hindus and Christians have been eliminated. So they cannot live with any population. No, Pakistan was created on this notion that they want a separate Muslim land. You know the full, uh, the real name of Pakistan is the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. And the name of India is the Republic of India. So you can see where this is coming from. Yeah, and we experience that in European countries and in the West. There's no negotiating with them. It's all their way. They want to be the majority. They want to rule. They want to take oh, over. Absolutely. There, there is no. They don't. They don't want diversity. They don't want multiculturalism. That's just something they sell Not to everybody all. else. That's just something they use so that they can come in and take over, essentially, like they've like they've done over there. Now, what do you say is the biggest difference? I mean, I, I like Hindus. They're, you know, more pagan. They're, <laughs> I, I definitely get along with them. Now, what do, you, what do you think is the biggest difference between Hindus and, and Muslims? Because Hindus are, I would say, they're more peaceful. They're peaceful people, right? Oh, yes. You see, uh, you might have heard of Mahatma Gandhi. He used to believe in Ahimsa, and Ahimsa means non-violence. This is the basic principle of Hinduism. Treat everyone with equal respect. You see, Hindus and Buddhists, you can see them equally. Buddhists and Hindus, they come from a same uh, branch, uh, same tree. They are the branch of a same tree. We believe in non-violence. We believe in secularism. We, we believe in inclusiveness. But uh, Muslims, on the other hand, they believe that their religion is supreme and no other God and no other faith can exist apart from Allah and Islam. That's what they believe in. They have this jihad thing. And jihad, what they define is jihad means a fight against evil forces. 
when actually they believe that Christians and Hindus and all these other religions they are evil. So jihad basically they have initiated a fight against Hindus and Christians all over the world wherever yeah. they are. Yep, they have. Uh, so basically, though, multiculturalism, then it isn't working in India. It, it is very diverse, very multicultural. But again, I would say ethnically, though, I mean, are they really so different? It, to me, it would be like kind of mixing a bunch of people from European different na- nations together. Am I wrong on that? We share one ancestry. Yeah. India is basically from Afghanistan to south of India and from Myanmar to the north of India. We are basically one race and we are you can call it the Southeast Asian race. We actually share the same race. We are not that different. Yeah, exactly. So when people always tell me, oh, well, they're multicultural, I'm like, well, they're pretty similar, though. It's <laughs> no. not like, again, not like oh, mixing absolutely. a Nigerian and a Swedish person. You know, it's that's totally, no, no. totally different. <laughs> now, I wanted to get your thoughts to moving ahead on talking about the West. Prime Minister Modi, he was meeting with Trump in Texas. There was 50,000 Indians who showed up who were in America cheering him on. Oh, yeah. Now, lefties were claiming that Trump w- w- was endorsing genocide, of course. So uh, what do you think about that? Well, this was actually a rally planned months ago, and it was basically Prime Minister Modi was addressing the Indian diaspora along with President Trump. And uh, you see, this this rally was actually the biggest rally America has ever seen. Even during the 2016 presidential elections, Trump came, uh, Trump had a rally, and the maximum crowd that he could gather was 20,000 people. And this rally had 57,000 people, almost twice as big as that one. So first off, this was the factor that irked many uh, many Pakistanis and on the left piece. Second, Modi is not liked very much in the West because he's a conservative, he's a nationalist. He does not allow the liberals to continue their propaganda on Indian soil. So them hating Modi and similarly Trump. Trump too is a nationalist, he's a patriot. They don't like him either. So they will continue claiming that Modi is a butcher. He claims he, he has done genocide in Kashmir. Well, actually, let me tell you, the government of India has come out on record to say that not a single bullet has been fired in Kashmir since the revocation of Article 3, where all these information these liberals are getting from. Uh, I don't know. There's no claim to that. Uh, there's no substantial evidence to back it up. Yeah, exactly. Well, they say the same thing about us, who we don't want mass immigration into the West. They say that we really want another Holocaust and all these like crazy lies. You know, they do the same thing. They basically oh, attack national. Crap. They're attacking nationalists world worldwide. You know, that's what's happening. It's globalists versus nationalists. Now, oh, what do yes. you think about all these Indians? Because there was 50,000 yeah. Indians <laughs> there. What do you think about this exodus of all these Indians coming into the West? Well, this basically started during the British colonial era. Uh, The Indians who were from the upper middle class or the upper class, they migrated from India to the West, basically London, Europe or uh, America during the British colonial era and their grandchildren and children settled there. They did not come back to India. And now even the uh, richer people in India, they prefer going to the West because of, you know, we have problems and we accept that we have problems. We have poverty. We have illiteracy, but we are tackling with it. So, and basically, Indians they prefer going for uh, the British and the West. They get Indians for cheap, cheap wage. We are cheap laborers for them, and that's actually not a bad thing for a developing country like us. Now, what do you think, though? Trump did say. <laughs> Let me play this clip that Trump <laughs> said here because th- this is is very telling. Let's let's play this. And for the first time in history. Most new hires of prime working age are minorities and women. First time that's ever happened. Yeah, so the one issue that I have, though, is that (laughs) 
cheap labor is taking taking over right people importing in cheap labor and then what happens is americans don't get those jobs right i mean that's there's a lot of i understand there's a billion people there right but what about what about the americans what about all the jobs that are being outsourced i understand india wants to look after india they're they're just going based on you know opportunities that are provided it's not entirely their fault but what happens when they start replacing the jobs of american people because they're cheaper for now because eventually the it won't be cheaper, right? What about those people? Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you, let me counter that with two points. First of all, Indians may go there for money and all, but Indians may work there for cheap. For cheap. But let me tell you that the average household of American Indians is the highest in America right now. It's twice the household income of Americans. And you see 36% of all the doctors in the United States of America are Indians. 22% of all the university professors are Indians and 38% of all the scientists working at NASA are Indians. So you see, we we might say that we are cheap laborers, but we actually do bring value to America. And that's what uh, Trump is good at what he's saying. He's saying that he wants more jobs for the Americans and naturally every leader that loves his country would want that. And in contrast, Prime Minister Modi has said the same thing in India. He says that he does not want brain drain to take place at such a rapid rate. He has implemented many policies and is continuously working on many policies that will help prevent Indians from going abroad. And he wants to retain human resource in India. So this is two ways and it's going to work out very soon. You'll see a new deal between America and USA where Indians who are working in America, you see we are the largest remittance, uh, remittance supporters from abroad. India and America are working, let me tell you, at this moment while we talk, India and America are working on a trade deal and on an H-1B visa issue. You will see not a lot of many Indians will go abroad in a couple of years from now and America will retain jobs for Americans. See, I, I mean, the brain drain is a big issue. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of talented Indians, but then they need to be at home fixing their country, uplifting their country. That's because what, what we want. Yeah, that's and, exactly what we want. And I know want. I know that's what you want, but there's a lot of people I know in tech jobs who are, you know, they look around and they're a minority, right? They're a minority in this a white oh, yeah. country. They're surrounded by Asians and Indians mm-hmm. and all these other people who are now living in the yeah. West. And, it, and there's a, a billion people, you know, in India and two billion in China. So it's you know you can understand how white people feel when they're kind of they're being surrounded and they're being outnumbered and, oh, yeah, and they're horrible. not getting the jobs anymore <laughs> and then their country their country is also just mass immigration tons of people coming in while they're being blamed you know the story you watch you, you know how we're being programmed with white guilt how we have to have open borders how our ancestors are, are oh, yeah. evil we're evil colonialists you know we're getting it from <laughs> every end so as an indian watching this situation unfold uh with mass immigration white guilt programming uh you know people wanting us to become minorities in our own country which is genocide that is genocidal there's cultural replacement population replacement people are openly calling for this even in europe you know and we're supposed to celebrate and rejoice that and i know you don't support that but what as an outsider watching this, what are your thoughts? Well, first, let me tell you that every country, these changes that have taken place over the years will not go overnight. We will have to wait for a few more years for some radical changes to happen. And you can thank the USA for electing Donald Trump. He's working on it. He's uh, preventing more. He's strict on border control issues. And we need more leaders like him in the West. They will control it. And second of all, Lana, let me ask you, have you seen any Hindu or a Buddhist 
burning down cars and staging yeah. mass protests in America or the West. That's what people from sub-Saharan African countries or the Middle East, the refugees from these countries do. Indians yeah. never indulge in these things. Uh, we basically we are when we go to the West, we are grateful for uh, grateful to the West for giving us this wonderful opportunity of staying there, earning there, and supporting our family. So mm-hmm. this basically has to do when the people in the West they basically uh, they confuse Indians with the Pakistanis and the Middle Eastern ones. But Indians are not like that. And yes, this problem is a big problem, and this will go in some time, I guess. Yeah, it would be good if it was resolved in the fact that eventually they they go back to to India and build up their country because you have a billion people. You need oh, yeah. doctors, you need lawyers, you need you need people to bring up your country as well. This is my problem with capitalism, though. Yeah, on the right, there's these people that they don't care about culture, they don't care about ethnicity and tribe. All they care about is is money. So they open up the borders for cheap labor, and that could be catastrophic in the end for the uh, the pop the native population that lives there. Obviously, I think you know that as well. Yeah, and we do see though when it comes to India, I do notice, and I wanted to get your opinion on this: Indian women who leave India, oh my goodness, they they come to the West, they become these progressive anti-white, you know, feminist nightmares. You see it in Canada, you see it in Europe and America. There was Lily Singh. There's also, was it Sarah Rao in Colorado? She was running for politics. Uh, Kashmira Sawant in Seattle. She's an open Bolshevik. And they just constantly hate on white people. I've just noticed there's this trend with Indian women in particular. What do you think is going on there? see with these women first off let me give you an example of kamala harris the democrat uh, running for president you see she is from uh, she has an indian origin and she has she hates white people basically and everybody knows it but she herself has married a white a rich white man so this is hypocrisy second of all if you see these indian ladies mo- much of it has to do with confirming to the liberal idea of progressiveness you see, many people see liberalism as a career ladder to success. They, they feel that if they are not liberal enough, they won't be recognized in the society and will be treated as outcasts. So this is what they are doing basically. They are, in order to be more liberal, they are pushing the limits of liberalism too far. Now, how would yeah. Indian women respond to some of these uh, crazy feminists, <laughs> these Indian women, some of the things that they say? I mean, they attack Indian men all the time, call them sexist and, and go on about how they treat women and stuff in India. What are your thoughts on that? 90% of Indian women are conservative. And this is the 10% upper middle class and the elite class, which is like that. And see, they don't represent the most of Indians and all of Indians. This is basically the creamy layer of the population. And uh, what they do basically has nothing to do with the rest of India. Yeah, it's true. I mean, when I was in India, women were very nice to me. I remember dressing me in a sari, <laughs> hanging out with me, putting bangles <laughs> on me. You know, they they were very kind and, oh, yeah. and very nice. So I didn't encounter those kinds of women there. But they, I just noticed, like, there's a lot of these women when they leave their country and then they come to the West, they just turn just nasty. <laughs> you know, I just can't stand them. Now... <laughs> Now, what are your thoughts, this always comes up to, on, uh, you know, the English colony in India? I had a Sikh on a while back, and he was actually defending it, saying, no, there was a lot of good things that came from it, too. We always have all this uh, disinformation about uh, how awful the English were and stuff. Now, I'm not saying that I support colonialism or, or any of those things. Uh, what are your thoughts on colonialism in India? 
well colonialism in any form in any shape or form is not good at all see i being a conservative i have a different view than my sikh brother but i will tell you that if he says that british were good they brought technological revolution to india let me tell you that many countries have got railways airlines uh, technological revolution but they did not have to be colonized to get that many countries have did it themselves so to say that colonialism was good for india that's actually silly and that's half of what people would say okay because when i was there i saw some railroads and some old architecture and things that were beautiful that india still used and oh, yeah. yeah i think they would have been better obviously if they just they just stayed home they could have visited or something but their colonies were small okay i i know that they were they were powerful you know because they had more technology and wealth and all that but now people are using that as an excuse i noticed pakistan india some people that go over to india almost like a revenge for colonialism so now they think it makes it right when they come over by the by the millions now what do you think about that you see i don't think the british are wrong here and neither are the indians or i i can't talk about the pakistanis but you see uh, for uh, people to justify the wrongs that their ancestors did that is wrong and for us to take revenge of something that was done to us years ago or centuries ago that's wrong as well you see what happens with indians is we don't go in huge numbers and make ghettos out of colonies and we make hindu exclusive hindu enclaves in places where we become a majority mm. we we share our culture with the with people where we migrate and we respect the culture of the native people over there but what happens with the pakistanis is they flock at one particular place and then they make it a muslim exclusive ghetto a specific enclave where they impose sharia they impose their own traditions mm -hmm. and then they start pushing the native people out of their colonies mm -hmm. this is what's happening with the pakistanis abroad yeah it's it's awful you probably know what happened like rotherham too with the rape oh, and yeah. sex trafficking and it's just awful and there's a huge cover-up about that because you're islamophobic if you say anything about it or you're a racist or a white supremacist i mean this is insanity i mean do do indians now are you a norm or what, do other indians <coughs> see what's happening in europe and just think what is wrong with these people how are they just hating themselves so much and so liberal you see like most of europe is not informed about india much like it most of india too is not informed about europe and we just don't care about europe we are too engaged in our problems but for a informed person like me i like to take things uh, i don't like to take things at face value i have been researching about europe it's been 3 years now and i know the problem that you guys are facing in europe you see uh, most of the migrant crimes that have been committed against women or uh, of ever since this mass migration wave has influxed in your country and in your countries have been committed by people from muslim countries so it does not uh, everyone does not need rocket science to call out the elephant in the room this has to do with uh, these immigrants coming and pushing everything in your land and imposing their laws in your land they want things to be their way but they don't do not want to respect your culture 
No, and here's where it gets interesting. I don't know how much you know about this, but uh, Jewish elites and Jews are actually the biggest supporters of mass immigration. They're funding some of these uh, uh, migrant boats and refugees and teaching them how to get into Europe and stuff. It's it's outrageous. Meanwhile, Israel is essentially an ethno state, right? But then they tell Europeans we have to become, become multicultural and stuff. And then they say, oh, there's a rise in anti-Semitism. Well, <laughs> it's coming from the group that you're advocating to come in, you know? Well, I can't talk specifically about the Jews. It's a problem that covers all races, extremists from all races. There are Indians who support this mass immigration as well. There are Pakistanis, there are Jews, there are Americans, there are Europeans. You see, what's happening is, I remember this quote I read somewhere in a Hindi book. It was like the greatest trick the devil ever played was he made you believe that he does not exist. So what trick these uh, liberals have played is that they have made people believe that uh, uh, hatred against white people and hatred against Christians does not exist. The only sort of phobias that exist are Islamophobia and homophobia. And those who hate uh, uh, Islam are only the white people and those who hate homosexual people are white people. When they have absolutely blinded, they have actually put a cover on the hatred against white people. You see, that's what their modus operandi is. Yeah, exactly. And and the funny thing is, speaking of gays, like India isn't a super gay friendly country, is it? <laughs> there... No, but let me tell you, recently, last year, our government has introduced a law which has decriminalized gay marriage and gay sex. So now they are free. Ah, we okay. are openly supporting LGBTQ now. Oh, wow. Okay. So you have some uh, pride parades coming to a town near you soon, I'm sure. It'll be fabulous. Oh, yeah. That would be horrible. But that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So what else, what else can you say? What else do you want to tell? You know, you, you're familiar with Red Eyes. You're familiar with our, our struggle. I know you have something different going on there. Um, but we do, you know, cross paths into some of the things that we believe. And of course, there's a lot of Indians in the West. So we're trying to get to the bottom of some of those things. You know, what else do you want to say? our audience well let me tell you that uh, those people who call that you are white uh, supremacist you if you were white supremacist you wouldn't be having having me here you are having a discussion with me on various topics proof that you are not racist second of all let me tell you that if you guys don't speak up for your country or your culture who else will and uh, it's uh, this there is nothing wrong in defending your country your culture and there is nothing wrong in not wanting to be a minority in your land you see, I have read this statistic and I'm not making this up. This is the Pew research which I have read. And I will send you the link on Twitter. See, Sweden, in next 45 years in Scandinavia, Sweden, uh, native Swedes will be a minority in Sweden. Awesome. This is according to Pew research. Yeah. And in Finland, Arabic has officially replaced Finnish as the minority language in Finland. So you see what's going wrong over there. Yeah. It's called replacement. It's called it's called genocide. Oh, you know. Yeah. So again, the world cry, exactly they, they cry about it when the Chinese flood Tibet, or they're crying about it when India is going into Kashmir. Hindus are going into Kashmir, but they don't ever say anything when it's happening to small countries, even like Sweden. They try and blame colonialism and all this stuff, but what did Sweden ever do? What did some of these other tiny countries oh, yeah. ever do? Nothing. You know, it's just it's just outrageous. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have to go on has much more to do about the Crusades. You have, you must have heard about the Crusades, right? Yes. This is Crusade 2.0. Let me tell you how this works. We have, we in India know how these Islamists and these Jihadis work because we've been dealing with, dealing with them on a daily basis. You see, 
they lost the crusades against the christians in europe and they know it very well so their new form of crusade is they have hijacked the media they have hijacked the academia and they have hijacked the celebrities so what they are doing is they have made the celebrities the media and the academia push their propaganda and at the same time simultaneously they are pushing refugees and illegal migrants in european lands to replace the native people and change the demography of europe once and for all you see this is not reciprocal how many europeans in their right mind would go and settle in the middle east no one no one from rest of the world will middle east is an absolute ghetto and yeah. what that's what they're doing the middle east is absolutely for muslims and that's what they want to do with europe as well and with america that's right and they want to push europeans out of their homes that's right that's right i agree it's some kind of revenge it's hate it's conquest it's religion you know well we fought them off before and if europeans just Oh, pulled yeah. their heads out of their ass. We could take care of the situation very quickly. <laughs> you know, very quickly. Believe but you me. You can wake a sleeping person up, but you can't wake someone who's pretending to be asleep. Right now, Europeans are pretending to be asleep. Yeah. You need to constantly push them and pump them to wake them up. Yep, exactly. And the funny thing is that they defend Islam. Feminists are defending Islam when it's like, <laughs> you really think that Islam <laughs> is friendly to women and, and gays and like they stone them and throw them off buildings. And this is just ridiculous. It's just amazing how it just, it's like a double speak in their mind and they just still just go along with it. They're just so programmed. But yes, Islam that is the finest. <sighs> but yes, that is the finest <laughs> level of hypocrisy. <sighs> You see someone uh, saying that Islam is pro-LGBTQ and pro-feminism is like a Jew saying Saeed Hayat. So yeah. that's absolutely bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But yes, Islam, <laughs> their their form of conquest is children. Children. That That's what's happening, oh, yeah. you know. And then who pays for it? You know, who pays for all the welfare for these people when they have all these wives and stuff? And that's supposed to be illegal, by the way, to have multiple wives. But they're oh, yeah. coming into places like Minnesota and have multiple wives and on welfare. And then they have lots of kids. Well, white people, they can't keep up with that. You know, they're working. They can't have... 20 kids, you know. I just wanted to ask a few words because this always comes up, uh, you know, swastikas, people get scared about it. Now, me as a Slav, oh, yeah. I know what the Kolovrat means. It's, it's, it's a sun, it's an ancient pagan symbol. Now, when I was in India, I saw swastikas everywhere. It's not It's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. It's not some something that's just no. like a, a marker of the Holocaust, you know. So what can you tell us about uh, swastikas and anything, any Aryan connections in India? So Hitler's inspiration came from those Hindu rulers who were fighting the British. Back then we had no unified flag under which our forces would fight the British. So every ruler of every state, they had this swastika because swastika represents Hinduism as well. In Hinduism we believe that swastika is a sign of prosperity and auspiciousness. So they had this swastika flag which they carried while fighting the British and that's what Hitler adopted during the First World War. Yeah, it's, and it's, that's where this whole story begins from. Yeah, exactly. It's an ancient European symbol too. I mean, it's all over Ukraine and parts of Europe and oh, stuff. Yeah. So it has also been seen mm. in ancient Chinese folk religion, mm -hmm. in Japanese folk religion, and even in ancient New Zealand Tasmanian religion. Exactly. There were ancient cave diggings, excavations where scientists found out that yeah, the, even the Tasmanian uh, people they also use the swastika. Yep. Now, what do you know about this right here? <laughs> letters, you know, Gandhi and Hitler apparently were sending letters back and forth. Do you know about this? Is this popular in Indian culture or is this kind of more uh, alternative information? You see, India and Hitler have a very complex relationship. Let yeah. me explain this to you. And first of all, uh, in India, we believe that Gandhi is one of those holy, sacred things that you don't want to mess with. 
तो लेट मी क्लेवरली पुट गांधी असाइड एंड टॉक टू यू अबाउट आवर रिलेशनशिप विथ हिटलर यू सी गांधी वॉज अ मेंबर ऑफ द कांग्रेस पार्टी द ग्रैंड ओल्ड पार्टी ऑफ इंडिया एंड दे वर टू कैंप इन इंडिया बेसिकली वन वॉज द गांधी कैंप वन वॉज द बोस कैंप वी हैड सुभाष बोस another leader who stood from gandhi he believed in fighting the british tooth and nail he believed in hitting back the british and this way of functioning was non cooperation movement ahimsa non violence that was gandhi's way of functioning so what subhash bose did was he went to germany and he met hitler twice he mm-hmm. asked hitler for help in uh, driving the british out of india mm-hmm. during the second world war and that's when gandhi disowned bose he said that if you want to uh, join forces with hitler in fighting against the britishers i will not uh, be a part of this congress party so that's when netaji bose uh, he resigned from the congress party and he formed his own block he called it the forward block and he formed his own military to fight against the british and he was then supported by the japanese regime which also was a communist back then hitler and japan supported bose to fight the british while gandhi also fought the british in a non violent way mm-hmm. so our in india 90% of the population they don't believe that whatever hitler did for india was bad while at the same time they condemn hitler for his behavior to, uh, towards the jews and other people in europe well i will say we have this love just, and hate relationship with hitler i i see i see well i will just say this as we know that the media lies you know <laughs> the victor the winner always writes the history books right so i would say dig, oh, yeah. dig a little deeper <laughs> and look into uh, the the globalist network that he was actually fighting and and some of the major oh, yeah. disinfo campaigns around there fighting communism and then the red terror that came after after the end of world war 2 is catastrophe but thanks for filling us in yeah. on that uh, interesting india connection there you know it's always always fun to hear how foreigners view that cuz we get yes, so absolutely. much propaganda we get it all the time about the holocaust hitler you know yeah. if we stand up for ourselves or anything it that it always comes back down to the holocaust as if there there was only one holocaust in all of history as if there was no other holocaust of any other peoples ever on the face of the planet you know anything else you'd like to leave us with <laughs> oh absolutely it's funny how most of the people have forgot what the what the white people in south africa had to go through yeah. when the uh, extremist regime over there they absolutely butchered the white people in south africa but at the same time they question what the white people are doing when in fact the white are doing nothing they are always welcoming the people from the middle east or africa into their land and giving them opportunities to opportunities to earn and have a better life Yeah, I know. It's awful what's happening in South Africa, you know, the farmers being murdered oh, yeah. and killed and and if you talk yeah. about it, it's just it's a white supremacist conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's just like I seriously, I don't know any I don't know any other people on the face of the earth who who really can turn on their own people as much as uh, a lot of white people are doing right now. You know, white people and Jews. I just I just don't know. Like is there is this unthinkable in India to have this level of self-hate and guilt and blaming your ancestors? I mean, does that you even happen? There are Oh yeah there are self loathing people in every country and in every culture if there were no self loathing people there would be no conflicts on this earth you see we too have hindus who stand up against hindus we have whites who stand up against whites we even have liberal muslims who are true liberals you must have heard of imam tauhidi oh yeah you see imam yeah so these are muslim reformers who talk about reforms in islam and who talk about breaking away from the chains of sharia 
एंड नाउ दे आर द बिगेस्ट एनिमीज ऑफ दिस रेडिकल मॉलवीज एंड जिहादीज इवन इन इंडिया वी हैव हिंदूज who blame hindus for everything that that is done that is happening that's going wrong in india and we have people over there let me put this simply in one phrase that if you are apathetic to the injustice done to your people then you have no right to claim uh, uh, and be a victim if it happens to you in the future i i think it's kind of funny i just want to say my india story if i have the picture i'll find it i have a picture when i was a teenager in front oh, of yeah. the taj mahal and a sari is kind of a fun fun <laughs> picture so i'll try and dig that out and put it in here but one thing i noticed was a lot of the uh, europeans that go down to india back then it was a lot of these kind of annoying hippie types and they go to these ashrams because they're trying to you know find themselves in some foreign culture and some oh, yeah. foreign religion and stuff do you still have a lot of that there or is it more industrial now because you know industries totally changed india well everything has been commercialized everything has been market marketed such in such a way that everything has been made like fashionable you see many people have come to india to seek uh, quote unquote solace <laughs> and that's what's been going on for many years you see this actress i forgot her name julia roberts yeah, uh, tim yeah. cook uh, eat uh, pray Steve love Job. right yeah oh god <laughs> eat pray love yeah so these people they came to india she even adopted hinduism and see that's a personal choice i have no objection with it but the way in which certain people market it as india is this land of snake charmers and india invites people to embrace hinduism and market it abroad that's ridiculous Yeah, I I as a white person find it embarrassing that other white people go over there and try and like, you know, they have their own culture and history, their own paganism, they don't even know about and then they have to go there to this foreign land and they think that they find themselves and it's just it's just sad, you know. They put they put the dot on their forehead and then they do some meditation and they well, think that they've found peace. The responsibility yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great responsibility on content creators like you as well. You need to encourage people to go to the village side and learn about your culture yeah. because if you don't speak up for them who else will? Yeah. You need to encourage people to like uh, know more about their ancestry, their religion, their culture, talk about their uh, perspective. So yeah, you need to inform them and yeah. that's what we want as well because yeah. we we see that this is happening all around the world and this is not good for either of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. One final question for you. This is a real silly question. Now, when I was in India, oh, yeah. I saw there was uh, cows that just walk across the road and in, in, in the city and stuff. Is that still going on or are they like in pastures yeah. now? uh that's still going on you see with a country of 1.3 billion people uh, these things keep going happening you see uh, in hinduism we believe that cows are sacred we yeah. don't eat beef and to no murder a cow and to slaughter yeah. a cow is considered a sin in our religion yeah yeah oh yeah no cheese burgers here so are you a vegetarian <laughs> you see even mcdonald's yes i'm a vegetarian you're a vegetarian okay so yeah is there a mcdonald's in india oh yeah so yes there is a mcdonald's in india and let me tell you the funny thing about is they don't serve either pork or beef in india they have banned these two items in india huh. so mcdonald's has devised a special vegetarian menu exclusively for india hmm. oh interesting so is it like a soy burger or, <laughs> or, or yeah. can you eat fish are you eating fish i'm just trying to remember well, indian curry because there was when i met with a, a, like the the some brahmins that i met they were eating meat we were eating curries with yeah. with meat in it chicken and fish and not pork and beef but chicken and fish i think yeah well there are actually different types of brahmins in india as well i am also a brahmin but i am a vegetarian you see in india 
different parts of india people follow different traditions if you go to the east which borders china people even eat ants can you believe that ants insects oh wow the globalists love ants. that yeah <laughs> yeah uh, the part of india that borders china and if you go to the part of india that borders pakistan people eat goat and they don't consider it sin if you go to the south people eat fish and if you go to the north people eat uh, chicken okay but in the heart of india people don't even touch eggs they are oh, pure wow. vegetarian okay well, well see something something new <laughs> and i i hope that uh, that culture oh, yeah. remains that culture because this is the thing about globalism globalism just wants mcdonald's in every single country wants all of us watching oh, the yeah. same tv shows the same language the same clothes the same everything and that's exactly what we don't want that is anti-diversity right we want to keep the world's biodiversity and differences and cultures and the way you do that is you don't mix them all together right because then what happens is like america's happened it's been such a melting pot through so many years that now we just kind of don't have much of a culture it's just it's shopping malls that's basically what it's turned into in america is the celebration of money well, and wealth taking you from what you yeah i'm sorry to interrupt you but taking you yeah. from what you have said let me add two more points to it the uh, these globalists they always claim that uh, you guys are white supremacists and you are nazis when in fact their ideology is based on nazi ideology yeah. they want people of same race they want people to interbreed among themselves they want people among different races to come to come together and stay at one place they want open borders they want people to share one culture and that culture is based on hatred towards the majority of a population be it white or be it hindus so if you compare this with the ideology of hitler it is in fact the globalists who are the nazis but what they have done is they have portrayed the conservatives like you and me as nazis yeah and i'll add i will say globalists are the communists to correct you there <laughs> they're, de yeah. they're definitely <laughs> not nationalists they're definitely like globalist communists and absolutely you're right and and thank you for that and i want to appreciate your i appreciate your time today um i think it's great that you've reached out to me i hear from people all across the world all the time who actually listen to red ice and support what we do and, and they they see the lies and they're against liberalism and globalism and so it's nice to know that we have some allies over in india I actually hear from people in india quite often i would say of the countries i hear from india the most right now people that send me emails and stuff so there's other red eyes listeners oh, yeah. there in india so i'll say hello to you and a, a big thank you for coming on today i really appreciate it you would always have a friend in india and thank you very much <laughs> for having me god bless you so guys, after we hung up, there was a couple things that he forgot to mention. India is about to pass the Uniform Civil Code and the Anti-Sharia Law later this year. It means that there will be one law for all Indians, since Muslims, as of now, I didn't know this, follow a separate set of laws courtesy of a liberal government. So we'll see how that shakes out. Also, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up because it still exists, but the ancient caste system, which is based on hierarchy groups, based on their karma, work, and dharma duty, which still exists today, often called racist by people in the West because the highest caste happens to be the lightest in appearance and the lowest caste happens to be the darkest. But hey, it's none of our business. But as it turns out, my guest is of the Brahmin class, the highest class, which is the priests and teachers. So I think maybe there's something to it. We have allies all across the globe, and I find it encouraging to hear from more and more people who see through the lies and propaganda. I also think that it's important to bridge out and discuss our issues to find solutions that work. Thank you for watching. Stay tuned in for more.